Welcome to the Life Makeovers podcast. My name is Cindy D. Whitmer, and I am the Midlife Makeover Coach, helping you turn your midlife into your best life one step at a time. Through powerful conversations, my own midlife roller coaster story, and over three decades of helping people transform their lives through counseling and coaching, I am on a mission to help you create your own definition of success and happiness. Thank you for being here. Hey, everybody, uh, Cindy here. And one of the subjects that comes up a lot in my work as the midlife makeover coach is women who are, you know, have been divorced or widowed or unpartnered and are wanting to get back out in the dating scene again. And I've heard a lot of things over the years, a lot of frustrations from women about that process. And a lot of you have even just never navigated into that world because it's been too scary or creepy or stressful or, um, or your heart, your broken hearts just, just won't let you you know, take that chance again and put yourself out there. And I empathize with all of that for sure. For sure. I totally get that. And yet at the same time, I hear many of you saying, you know, you're lonely, you want companionship, or you'd like someone to do things with, or you wish you just had someone to talk to, or those of you that are heterosexual say to me, you know, you miss talking to a man, um, <clears throat> you know, and so for those of you that, you know, you're really craving something, friendship, companionship, sex, partnership, marriage, whatever it is that you're, you're wanting. You know, I just want to be an encouragement to you about getting back out there again. Uh, most of you probably have heard me say before that I married my college sweetheart. We were married for 22 years, had two kids and a full life together. And at the 22 year mark, I divorced him. Long story, um, you know, tried to make the marriage work for a long time, you know, the whole thing. But when I got divorced, I, I or even before I decided for sure that I was gonna get divorced, I said, I was honestly talking to God one day, I'm, I'm somebody who believes in God. And I was talking to God one day and I said, you know, I, I like the, the idea of being a wife. I, I like the role, even though I am now leading this role and I don't know how to reconcile that, but I just, I really respect the role and and want to be in the role, but I just can't survive this marriage. And anyway, I felt a reassurance from God that I would one day be in that role again. 
And that gave me some comfort and really led me down the path of knowing that once I'd spent taking a breath following my divorce and done some healing, some major healing, that I would be venturing out again to find a companion slash I figured a husband. And <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. I hadn't dated since I was in my early 20s. And I'd never dated online, of course. I mean, I hadn't put myself out there in that way in decades. And when I did date in my young years, it was a natural part of the social atmosphere of a high school and a college and things like that. It really just happened naturally. And, but the world has changed a lot, you know, in those 30 years or whatever, 25 years. And so I had to learn things too, that you might need to learn if you're going to get yourself out there and it takes courage and, and you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. There's nothing there's nothing different about me that made me, you know, a better candidate for midlife dating than any of you. So just keep that in mind. You know, I waited until I felt as ready as you could, I guess. I waited until I really was desiring taking the chance, putting myself out there. So I thought today I would tell some stories about dating, what I found in dating, and some of the lessons that I learned. And so I hope this will be interesting or helpful. And uh, they're not all pretty stories, for sure. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm hoping there'll be some lessons in there that I have learned from being out there that could be useful to you if you haven't gotten out there yet, or if you're just getting out there, or if you're out there and you're feeling frustrated or alone. And, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm heterosexual, so I will be referring to dating men. But I, you know, I know some of you are out there, women dating women, and that's fine and great too. So whoever you love or whoever you are attracted to is great. You do your thing. But my stories, of course, are based on dating men because that's what I did. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so one of the things that is important to know is what attitude you're coming to the dating table with. So when I, I did dabble in a little bit of dating very shortly after my divorce, just a little bit that first year. And I found myself coming to the dating scene with sort of a loneliness and a desperation, sort of like I have been starving to death for decent companionship for much longer than, you know, six months since my divorce was final because I was very lonely in my marriage for many years. And so I brought that kind of energy, I think, 
to the few men I met or the few dates I had or whatever, just kind of a, oh, I'm starving to death. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And I think that kind of energy was very off-putting to the men, and I, I would guess. And it also, what I found in myself was I would compromise in my head with what I really wanted because I so badly wanted to connect with someone. So I think like, for example, I am a non-smoker and one of my supposed deal breakers was to find a non-smoker, right? To be my life partner, companion, whatever, husband, whatever. And, but yet I would date guys who were smokers. And I told myself it was no big deal. And I told myself it didn't matter that their car smelled or that my hair stunk like smoke when, you know, I was after being out with them or I, you know, I talked myself out of concerning myself with that. I even, another thing that happened early on was I got caught up in with a scammer. Like I, there were signs that he was a scammer and he happened to be from Nigeria. Ultimately, I found out um, that for a few weeks, I talked to this guy. I spent time on him. I thought about him. I, you know, started talking about possibly visiting him because he told me actually that he was from the UK and I believed him. And <clears throat> I had two of my closest friends, one was the guy, one was the gal, told me, Cindy, this, this guy doesn't sound real, like a real deal. Have you looked him up online? I looked him up online. I couldn't find him anywhere. And they were like, you, these are, this is a red flag. And I just didn't want to believe it. I wanted to believe the greater story, the more fun, romantic story that he was attracted to me and that he was real and we were made for each other. And you know, just so please, women, people, learn from me in that you want to be secure with yourself as much as possible and you want to really see people for who they are as quickly as possible and not compromise on things that are deal breakers for you okay now if you uh you know, if you think you need to have a blonde haired person and you meet a brunette, a dark brown haired person, and you really like that person, I mean, that's no big deal, right? Those are just preferences maybe, or what height they are, or what size they are, what, you know, what religion they are, or maybe religion could be a deal breaker too, I realize. But anyway, just know what your wants and needs are with someone or your preferences versus your deal breakers, okay? And, and do not compromise on those. A, a buddy of mine that was dating in midlife after his divorce started dating a woman who had a five-year-old son. And my buddy did not want to raise children again. He'd already raised his children, but he really, really liked this woman. And I said, 
he said that I'm, I know I'll never marry her because I don't want to have to raise a little child. And this child was like five years old or something. And I said, stop wasting your time and stop wasting her time then. You know, if you're out looking for a, a spouse and she's out looking for a spouse, she needs to know that she's dating men that would consider raising her son with her. And if, if you're not that guy, it's okay. Just stop, drop it. And, and he believed me and he did. So those are the things that's part of what I really want you to hear is that it's okay to be really honest about what you want, what you need and what your deal breakers are. So be clear about those and stick to them. <clears throat> Another thing that I think is really important when you're out there dating is to spend time with people who treat you like you are a priority in their lives. Okay. <laughs> Some of you may be like, well, no kidding, Cindy, isn't it obvious? And it's like, you know what? It's not. It's not obvious to everyone, actually. I bet a lot of you can relate to what I'm saying. You know how you make excuses for people when they don't text back or they don't call back or they don't show up or they don't, you know, you can be ghosted by someone and convince yourself that perhaps he had car trouble and his phone didn't work when he was going to text you to let you know he'd be late or maybe his mother died and had to fly out of the country and just didn't have a chance to tell you before he left. And, you know, I mean... I... <sighs> You will know the difference. You will feel the difference when you are spending time with people who are making you a priority versus the ones who are just stringing you along or maybe have less than noble um, goals around their time with you or, or they just aren't sure about you. So they're wavering, you know, very committed and they're not very committed and so forth. So, you know, really focus more on the people that you notice are making you a priority that you are also equally attracted to and excited to make a priority in your life. Please make that a standard instead of um, settling for mediocre communication, mediocre attention, um, if you constantly feel like you're wondering, how does he feel? Or is he gonna call? Does he wanna go out again or not or not or whatever? If you're constantly feeling on the fence and concerning yourself with those things, ugh, move on. It doesn't have to be that difficult. Remember that book and then it became a movie, he's just not that into you. There is great wisdom in that thing. It is so clarifying, honestly. Um, and it really hones in on this point a lot that you will, a guy, again, talking about guys here, a guy for sure will make it known if he's interested in you, he's not going to ding around. He's not going to, he will, you will sense his real interest in you and his, uh, you will receive attention 
and uh, the, it's very different than feeling like, well, I wonder if he's going to come around again, or I wonder what he's thinking, or I wonder if he wants to go out again, or I wonder if he likes me, or I wonder if he, you know, just, oh my goodness. Um, you will feel the difference. And it feels really good when, you know, that proper, um, you know, that healthy dynamic is there. Another thing is I absolutely want you to be yourselves no matter what. Just absolutely be yourself no matter what. I'm not kidding. You don't have to be anybody you're not. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to, I don't know what, but please be yourself online and organically out there dating. Do not deceive um, the people looking at your profiles online in any way. Show recent photos, headshots, and full body shots. Um, you don't have to reveal your name and things online. Definitely not. First, that's for later, right? As you go down the path a bit. But you want your pictures to reflect your true lifestyle, who you really are, things you love to do, things like that. And, you know, tell the truth. Because that's how you're going to find someone that is a match for you is by being honest. So if you are a hardcore Democrat, for example, and one of your and you do not have interest in dating someone or marrying someone or whatever your dating goals are, that is a hardcore Republican, then just say so right out. It's okay. You're not putting anybody down. You're just saying, hey, this is where how I lean politically, and I'm not likely to be comfortable partnered up with someone who leans in the dramatically opposite direction of me. That is not a character flaw of you. It's not you saying there's a character flaw in them, but it saves you both time. You know, life is precious. There's 8 billion people on the planet. You don't want to waste time on people or them on you when there's something drastically different between you if you feel like that's a deal breaker. Now, I'm not saying that Republicans can't date Democrats. It's not, I don't, to hear me clearly, it's like if you know for you that you don't want to go down the path with someone who is very different from you in that way or in any way, then do not waste their time and do not waste your own time. Be honest and be unapologetically yourself. And then your match, your person is more likely to actually find you because they're sifting through the characteristics, the qualities, the interests, the, and so forth, just as you are. They're assessing you in those ways, just as you are assessing them and sizing them up in those different ways. And that's how you find your person okay so be yourself that's it plus we don't want deception okay here's a little story of deception that i experienced just a little one very nice guy i mean this guy okay so i saw him online and he <clears throat> he looked like i would call him like a surfer hippie dude like really cool like he may have even had a t-shirt on with a big piece on it. 
you know, just like peace, love and joy kind of guy. I don't know. He was really, I was attracted to his, what I thought was this laid back surfer dude kind of energy um, in his picture. There was just the one picture and he was an artist and just, I found it that attractive and he found me attractive, I guess. So he asked me out. So we met for dinner and when he arrived, he, he came walking up to me and I realized it was the same man, but he probably was a hundred pounds heavier than the guy in his picture than he was in the picture. And so I was sort of taken aback by that. Um, and, but I mean, we had a really nice dinner, great conversation. I found him very delightful, intelligent, fun to talk to, nice guy. We had a nice evening, but always in the back of my mind, I was wondering what else may not be true about you? You know, if you're misrepresenting yourself online, are you telling me the truth about your career? Are you telling me the truth about these trips you're telling me you've taken? Are you telling me the truth about, you know, do you really like this or that? Or are you, are you honest or not? And so I didn't go out with him again. He wanted to go out again. And I said, oh, thank you so much. But I, I think, you know, I don't really want to move forward with this. And he was surprised. And I, I just didn't have the guts to tell him what I was concerned about, but that really concerned me that, you know, he had deceived, he was being deceptive in one way. Does that mean he was capable of being deceptive in, in other ways? And maybe not at all, but I didn't like that. So we need to be ourselves and show people who we really are. And some people aren't going to like us and that's okay. Some people aren't going to be attracted to us. That's okay. It only has to work once, right? So be yourself. Move on quickly. When you know for whatever reason, something, someone is not a match for you. Very quickly. Don't waste anybody's time. Do not waste your time. Life's short. So, um, one of the things that, well, let me tell you some stories, okay? I have a whole list of <laughs> stories. I'm thinking about writing a book about this because I think it's such a huge part of midlife for so many people and kind of a daunting transition that people face a lot in midlife. And I think these stories might be an encouragement, but anyway, um, some of these stories I think are really funny. Some are not so funny, um, but I'm hoping they're helpful. So let me just tell you about a few of my little experiences. So there was this guy, well, who should I tell you about first? <laughs> okay, we're gonna call this guy man's best friend. I'm not gonna name any names, but this guy we're gonna call man's best friend. And uh, you met him online. He seemed nice, and and he um, he was nice. But anyway, <laughs> so we talked a little bit online, and then we met for dinner. And when we got to dinner, we went to his favorite restaurant, which was a Korean restaurant, which I'd never had Korean food before. And I I don't know if I just didn't order the right thing for me or what. 
I did not like the food, but I was, I was getting through it anyway. <laughs> but the entire time we sat there for two hours at this restaurant and the, I'm not kidding you the entire time. He had just gotten a dog. This is why I call this guy man's best friend. He'd just gotten a new dog and he talked to me about what to name the dog. This was the entire <laughs> conversation. He kept showing me pictures of his dog on his phone. He kept looking at the pictures of his dog on his phone and he kept like show, telling me names that he thought would be good for the dog and wanting to know what I thought about if the dog's name, this name would be good. For this was the whole night. So bad food for me, his favorite restaurant though. And the whole conversation. And so I tried to get him off that subject every so often. I try to, you know, change course <laughs> and he'd go right back to the conversation about his new dog. And, and I really, I was sitting there thinking during the meal, I was thinking, gosh, dude, you just need to go home to your dog. <laughs> I think you need to go home and spend time with your dog. I don't think you need to sit here and talk to me. <laughs> nice guy though but no harm done there right <laughs> okay and I already told you about the surfer hippie dude guy <laughs> um okay then there was the guy I'm gonna call him the whiner okay and <laughs> I had to come up with other names for these guys because I'm really gonna tell their real names um so I, I met this guy. Okay, so online, his profile, he looked, looked pretty handsome. He wore some dark sunglasses. Uh, there's a red flag, ladies, just saying. And a uh, smile on his face. No teeth showing, but a smile on his face and so forth. And I thought he looked pretty attractive. And we had some good banter and good conversation online. And then we met for dinner. And I had been to a funeral that day where <laughs> I was wearing a black dress that could also be, you know, a nice dinner dress or whatever. So I just stayed in those, my funeral clothes <laughs> and went to this dinner. We sat down, it was an Italian place and there was a bread basket brought to the table. And anyway, when I arrived, he put his arms out like he wanted to give me a big hug and he smiled real big and his teeth were, oh my gosh, they were just horrible. They were really stained and super crooked. And uh, so that took me back just a little bit. And then he had glasses. And anyway, I hugged him. We went in, we sat down and you know, started conversation and he was sweating. He, I think he was nervous. He was sweating. And what he would do was <laughs> wipe the sweat off his forehead. And then he'd grab a piece of bread, <laughs> the bread basket. <laughs> oh gosh, this guy, this poor guy. So anyway, but the reason I call him the whiner is he started telling me all about his ex-wife and how bad she treated him and what an awful person she was and just whined and whined and whined and whined about the whole time and was sweating and shaking and 
touching the food with his sweaty hands. <laughs> so I found all of that unattractive. So, okay, so here's the deal. But this brings up a really good point because, you know, if we're dating fresh in midlife, most of us have either had a spouse die or we've been through a serious breakup or become unpartnered, divorced, whatever. So we likely have an ex or possibly some people more than one. And sure, you might, part of why those of us, especially who are divorced, probably have some very unkind things to say about our exes because, well, otherwise we wouldn't be divorced from them. So it's understandable, but you want to be careful here because first of all, in the in the situation where there's been a divorce, nobody is 100% at fault, right? So I made my mistakes in my marriage. I didn't show up with my best foot forward all the time in my marriage either, either even though I could go give you a laundry list of my complaints of my ex-husband and how I believe the relationship evolved into such an unhealthy dynamic and needed to end. But what you don't want to do when you're dating is go out on these dates and say, well, here's what I've been through and here's what he was like. And this is what I put up with. And this is what I will not put up with now. And here's my story and da -da, or here's my entire history, relationship history. This is, this is not what you want to do, especially on an early date. The purpose of an early date is to get to know the person. What are their hobbies? What are their interests? What is their career if they have one? Um, what are some of their dreams in their life? Do the, you know, just basic things. You wanna work up to more serious conversations about relationship history, things that are important to you, your goals for dating and so forth, things like that as you get to know them more. After you get through kind of the first level of are we even compatible enough that we care to see each other a second time, a third time, a fourth time or whatever. So I was very unattracted to this guy because he was whining about his ex-wife in our precious time together when we we're trying to get to know each other. So I felt like actually I got to know his ex-wife better than him because that was the main subject of his conversation, of his end of the conversation. And the other problem was I wouldn't engage in the same way about my ex to him. I wasn't going to sit there and give him the lowdown of my marriage and my ex and me. And so it made for an awkward situation. So keep it light when you're getting to know people, when you're first meeting them, keep it lighter and have fun, have a good time, relax. You're just dating. You're not, you're not going to court with these people. You know, you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to give all the evidence of your life. You can share who you are as a person and get to know them as individuals before you dive and delve in deeper and deeper and deeper into those other more serious conversations that indeed you want to have as things, you know, move forward. If they do move forward. Okay, I really want to tell you the story of the guy I call the money man, which I have other names for this guy, but we'll just call him the money man because I think that was the main thing that was um, <clears throat> became a problem for us. So another online uh, thing, met this guy, talked to him a little bit online asked me out to dinner and a movie. He said, would you like to go to dinner and to a movie? And I said, yes, that sounds really fun. 
and he lived about a half hour from where I live and said he would come to my town and I I suggested he wanted my suggestions of a place and a movie and stuff and so I gave him my suggestions and agreed to meet him at the restaurant at a certain time and so I got there and he got there and we sat down and we um you know had our dinner or whatever and then the the check came and the gal that served us laid laid down the bill and uh I just sat there and he picked it up and he laid down his you know he checked it over and laid down his credit card and so forth and la da 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 and I said oh thank you so much for the dinner and uh and then it was like okay it's time to go on to the movie and the movie theater was about a mile, is about a mile down the road from this restaurant we were at. And anyway, so I gave him directions to the movie theater. And he, he was like, well, aren't you gonna go with me in my car? And I said, no, no, I'm not. I said, it's our first date and it's my practice to just drive myself on a first date. Um, it's nothing personal. It's just, a, it's a safety thing for me. And uh, I'll just meet you down there. And I said, besides, it's really going to be convenient for you to just get, it's right off the highway that you're going to want to take to get back home. So it really saves you from coming back here to my car to drop me off and then go back down there to hop on the highway to get home. And he did not like this. He was, I think he was actually offended and thought it was something because of him that I wouldn't get in his car and I sincerely I mean I felt safe with this guy I didn't think was, there was any reason to fear him but it was a practice of mine and I stuck to it and uh, he was offended well then the movie that we planned to see was already sold out by the time we got there so we, we couldn't really <laughs> find anything that really stuck out for us but we chose to go to this movie we found one that had got tickets he well it was time to pay for the tickets and I just stood there I mean this guy asked me out to dinner and a movie so I stood there and he paid for the movie tickets and we went in and neither of us liked this movie but we didn't know it of course because we weren't talking and when we got out of the movie he said that was a terrible movie and I wonder if I can get my money back and I thought, oh my gosh, I said, well, I, I don't know how that works, but probably not since we watched the whole thing. Well, anyway, he, he didn't, he let that go. We walked out to our cars and uh, he leaned in to give me a hug goodbye and I gave him a hug. And then he leaned in again and kind of held me tight. And I thought he was going to try to kiss me. And I really wasn't feeling the kiss thing. I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And so I just kind of pulled back from him and then he just kind of angrily got into his car and he left. Okay. So <laughs> about a, about a half hour later, he texts me and here, here is literally the exact conversation. He texted me, I made it home. And I said, Oh, good deal. Thank you again. And I'm sorry about the movie. Then he said, would you like to go out again? I mean, you seem to pull away from me at the end of the night. You hugged me at the beginning and not at the end. 
I could be reading too much into it though. And I said, well, I did hug you at the end, but then I thought you were trying to pressure me to kiss you. So I pulled away. And he said, oh, I'm sorry I gave you that impression. I knew you weren't going to do that when you didn't ride in my car to the movie with me. Okay. <laughs> so here it comes again, right? So I said, oh, I think you're taking my driving behavior personally. I never get into a car alone with a guy on the first date and often not for several days. That's just my choice. And he goes, oh. And that was the end of the conversation that evening. Then the next afternoon, he texted me again, and here was the, the exact conversation. I've saved this conversation for day, for this day, years later, and I could share it with people to be helpful. He says, good afternoon. If we, we go out again, then let's do it as we each pay half until you feel it's fine for me to pick you up at your house. <laughs> I said, well, I really don't understand why you're taking such offense to this. It's nothing personal that I choose to do my own driving when I'm first getting to know someone. It's a smart, safe way to date. Your reaction is quite surprising to me, and it says a lot to me about how different we are. I think it best that we part ways right now. I truly wish you all the best. <laughs> he comes back with, I am saying if we are getting to know each other, then we should go half and half. Most times when you do the meet date, the woman suggests to pay half of the meal, or if you go to a movie, she pays for the movie. And I said, well, I know what you're saying. You've made yourself perfectly clear. Then take care. Then he texts me again. And he says, I know you will get some more free meals. That is probably why that one guy stopped calling you. I'm like, oh my, that's, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm not that kind of woman at all. He goes, I'm calling it like I see it. And I said, okay, take care. He goes, I had a great lunch today and I'm seeing her again on Tuesday also. And I said, wonderful. I hope it works out very well for you both. And he said, she actually said she would pay for half. And I said, well, since that's important to you, that must have felt really good. <laughs> he goes, she has an athletic build and she went out to meet me, not for a free meal. That's what was nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh my. I said, I did not meet you for a free meal. And I thought we had a nice time. I'm sorry that you don't believe me but that is the truth i've had enough of you insulting me now i do wish you well but i'm done with this conversation and he goes then stop responding the truth does hurt and i'm like Oof. so i just want to say for the record everyone listening to this podcast i would have paid for my meal and the movie ticket if he had asked me to or if that had been if i had known that was important to him um you know, I wouldn't have found that attractive because I think when somebody asks another person out to do specific things, that that means that person wants to pay for it. But that's, that's my assumption. That's my approach to dating. And, and why did I keep belaboring this conversation with him? You might want to know, well, I wanted to be gracious and kind. I wanted to think the best of him. And I wanted him to know that I wished him the best, even though he had insulted me more than once. And, you know, I mean, he accused me of wanting to get, get free meals. He accused me of rejecting him. He accused me of, you know, just making him pay for everything. I mean, it's just, uh, 
So when I reflected on our, and as I reflected on this date, I recalled our dinner conversation. And I, one of the things I remembered him saying that bothered him about his wife, which he was divorced from, was that she didn't pull her weight financially in the marriage. So I realized that this was probably a clue into his preferences in dating relationships. I really didn't have any idea. I thought if I were to take charge and offer to pay for anything, I would actually be insulting him or his masculine side. Plus my vision for myself is it was to draw in a man who wanted to treat me to a night out, especially with the first day. And that's just me. And so, you know, we want to listen closely to the stories men tell on our dates and all times of communication, especially regarding their other relationships, because this really helps us to get to know them better. And want to stick to what's important to you regardless. This is part of the process of finding someone who is best for you and you for them. You want to explain yourself and your position on something only as long as you want to, to feel complete in the conversation and then let it go. And accept that sometimes men are not going to understand you, believe you, or see you for who you really are. And that's okay. You're still you, no matter what they think. So I know I'm still not a freeloader or a gold digger or whatever, just because that was his, he, that was his impression of me. And then again, I want to reiterate, let's move on quickly from these types of experiences. Generally speaking, they are revealing the truth of who they are and are not likely to change dramatically. So, you know, dating is even dates like this that are, you know, end up with kind of a bad taste in your mouth over or have awkward moments maybe, or even you feel like you yourself have been misunderstood. They're really good experiences to have, to really get you to where you wanna to go, to, the, to the, that partner you really are a great match with and can have a wonderful, healthy life with. Um, you're gonna meet all types along your way if you put yourself out there online or organically. You know, and I hear women say all the time too that, well, I don't want to date online because I'm, I'm afraid people will lie. Well, guess what? People can lie if you meet them in the vegetable aisle too. I mean, people are either going to be honest or they're not. They're either honest people or they're not, you know, so don't worry about it. You're, you will know if you're being deceived, whether it's right away or somewhere down the road before it's, you know, it's too late or whatever. It's never too late. So I would say to just keep in mind that most people out there online and organically, they're just looking for love or companionship or whatever, just like you are. And they're just human beings like we are and doing the best they can. And they are in unfamiliar territory as well, just as a lot of you are going to be, right? Just like I was too. So um, anyway. I, what I found over several years of dating <clears throat> was I met a lot of interesting people, a lot of general, generally speaking, nice guys um, who, you know, had their own histories, who had their own issues, just like I had my own issues and my own history, you know, and uh, again, it only has to work once. And so 
um, if you really want this in your life, it is possible for you. I've had women tell me it's too late for love when they're in their 50s or their 60s that it's too late. And you hear the statistics, oh, you're more likely to die from a nuclear accident than get married once you're 40 years old or whatever the, you know, there's sayings like that that can be discouraging. But I'm telling you, it's very possible for you, just as it was for me, to find love again. And I did find love. And I found love dating online. That's where Ed and I ultimately ended up meeting was through Match.com. And he'd done quite a bit of dating. And I'd done quite a bit of dating. And, you know, and then we came upon each other. And, you know, it, it was a game changer when we met. It was a game changer. I mean, I didn't leave that first state thinking, oh, he's it. This is it. I'm done. Yay. Hallelujah. It wasn't that. It was just, we had this nice, comfortable evening. I thought, what a nice guy. This is so easy. It's so easy talking to this nice, nice man. And I noticed, oh, this is another one. Get your pen out. This is another one. Um, my, an older gentleman friend of mine who we have kind of a father-daughter-ish kind of relationship said to me, Cindy, when you're dating, I want you to notice how the men treat the people serving you, how they treat animals and how they treat children. Really notice that. Besides how they're treating you, notice how they're treating people that are serving them and how they treat animals, how they treat children. I love that. I love that advice. <laughs> I recommend it highly. But anyway, I was sitting with Ed in the restaurant and he, one of the things that he does is he likes to get the first name of anyone who's serving us or serving him or whatever. And he calls them by name every time. And he says, thank you constantly to people who are waiting on him and so forth. He's very respectful and very kind and very personable. And I noticed that about him right away. And I liked that. And uh, even when I showed up for the date, I walked through the door and there he was. And, and he said, well, hi, Cindy, how are you? And I said, you know, I'm a little nervous because I really was nervous. I thought, oh, this guy is so handsome. He's probably out of my league. He's so, I was so attracted to him physically. And I, I just thought when I, like the, conversations we've had online and stuff like that he is such an interesting guy and I just was a little intimidated anyway so I said I'm, I'm a little nervous and he said hey it's just a dinner it's just dinner and, I, and he just relaxed me instantly and we sat there for hours and uh, had a good just such a good time talking and it was really great and so um, but again, like I said, I didn't leave that date thinking, oh, he's, I'm probably going to marry him someday. I just thought, what a nice evening. And, uh, my daughter was coming to town for a couple of weeks. So I, he'd asked me what my, my schedule was like. And I said, why well, I'm not going to go on on many dates for the next two weeks because my daughter's visiting from out of state. And he said, okay, I'll call you in two weeks. And I thought, oh, probably not gonna by two weeks so met somebody else or we were both dating around we both knew it so I thought he'd be long gone <laughs> two weeks such a great guy but I'll be darn in a couple of weeks I heard from him again 
and uh, we had another great date, and then another great date after that, and then another great date after that, and it just kept building. And so, and we've been together ever since. Um, we've been together almost six years, and we're going to get married this year. And uh, it all started on Match.com, and we're two divorcees, and we've both been divorced quite some time by the time we met. But there's, you know, we met in our 50s, and um, he's six years older than me, so he was a bit older. I was, I was 50, and he was 56 at the time. Um, but you know, it's not ever too late for love. It's really not. And, uh, or to find whatever it is you're looking for. Some people are looking for travel buddies. Some people are looking for, you know, good friends to spend time with and have companionship, do things with. Some are looking for spouses. So whatever your goals are in dating, be clear about those. And then again, you can find someone with the same goal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a different ball game in midlife, but people are people. And uh, you can you can find whatever it is you really, really want. If you're willing to do the work, you have to take action. <laughs> and most of all, you've got to believe in your heart that it's possible to find what you want. You know what I'm saying? That's really important. If you think all guys are jerks or it's too late for you or love isn't possible the second time around, or I had a woman tell me over and over and over and over in my Facebook group, the Midlife Makeover group. She told me over and over again, she said, it's just business in midlife dating. It's just a business arrangement. There's nothing romantic about it. It's just business arrangements. And I'm like, if you believe that that's all that's possible, then that is what you will experience. You know, I wanted romance. I wanted love. I wanted companionship. I wanted you know, to feel crazy about somebody again. I wanted to feel really adored and uh, that someone really uh, valued me as much as I valued myself and, um, you know, respected me and really wanted to spend time with me and just all of that. And uh, thought I was, you know, saw me for who I really am and accepted me regardless of my, you know, the great things about me and the not so great things about me and that I could offer that for someone too. And because I believe it was possible and because Ed believed it was possible, it became possible for us. And it, we're not exceptional people. It's not like we did not draw the lucky cards and just, you know, the unicorns and rainbows didn't just fly by on our behalf. It just, we just kept putting ourselves out there and uh, go, went through, you know, other experiences with people and, uh, and finally came around to each other. So, and now we do the work to keep our relationship as healthy as possible. So anyway, I hope this has been interesting to hear some of my stories and lessons in midlife dating. I certainly hope it's something that supports those of you who are out there doing this um, or considering doing this. And uh, I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. How would you like to receive my number one best-selling book, The Midlife Makeover Method? All you have to do is leave a review for this podcast, take a snapshot of it, and send it to cindy at cindydwitmer.com. 
will drop the email address in the details and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.